All right, welcome to another episode of Tutties and Trays. Yo, what's up, Josh? How you doing, man? Doing good. Dude, uh, I know we've never, like, talked about this on, like, live, the, the hot mic, the live mic. What do you think of the new logo that, that I made? Dude, it's fresh. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. I'm digging it. Yeah, so all you viewers out there, check us. Check out our uh, official logo. Tutties and trays. Tell us what you think. Um, yeah, both of us, both of us put it on our LinkedIn finally, so it's uh, official, dude. It's yeah, dude. It's official. Co-founder. Uh, feels nice, man. Um, dude, I have to ask you though. Like, um, this March has been complete magic or complete madness. Um, and I, I'm not talking about like insane stuff happening i'm talking about freaking march madness tournament dude like what like what are your thoughts about like this tournament so far i think it's been super fun um i uh i think covid has played a huge role in the uh what we're seeing and i'm not mad at it um Mm -hmm. it's, it's refreshing to see the upsets uh it's cool seeing which teams uh kind of you know are surviving Oh, someone's going to win the game. So it's fun seeing them put it together, but it looks like the teams that uh, were able to practice the most have, or if they were deeper or more experienced, it seems like those teams, those teams have it. And the other teams, whether it's lack of uh, or quality of coaching or where they were in the country Mm -hmm. based off of the regulations they had. Uh, But yeah, it just looks like uh, it's just a really interesting year that, some of the big blue bloods, traditional powerhouses, either didn't even make the tournament, or they made the tournament and uh, they're they got upset. So it's, I think it's awesome and it's fun to see. My bracket's super busted, <laughs> but uh, it's all, I, I enjoy it. Yeah, dude. Like as I think about it, I mean, like when it comes to filling out a bracket, I feel like no matter what, like superstitious superstitious routine you have, no no amount of rubbing on the crystal ball, like could have ever predicted this many upsets in the first round. Like, and I, I even looked online and NCAA.com like confirmed that because of all of the upsets in the first round, there are absolutely like zero perfect brackets left. And like NCAA.com covers Yahoo sports, ESPN, CBS, and sports illustrated. So all of the major, you know, brackets out there, obviously someone at home is probably gonna be like, Oh yeah, I printed out my bracket. You know, and I'm sure, yeah. you know, I'm sure someone's going to be like, oh, yeah, I have a perfect bracket. But no, no, dude, like, there's no way. Jimmy Buffett's not giving away a half a million dollars to that guy. So, <laughs> but, um, dude, just, just looking at the upsets, man. I mean, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go ahead and list them off. You know, number two, Ohio State losing to number 15, Ole Roberts. That was, I think, the huge dagger that in everyone's bracket. Um, you had number three, Texas, losing to number 14, Abil Christian. Abil Christian, excuse me. Number four, Purdue, losing to 13, North Texas. That was another shocker there. Uh, number four, Virginia, to number 13, Ohio. Ohio, actually, they have that this one player that has a really cool story, but we'll get to that later. Um, and then number five, Tennessee, uh, losing to number 12, Oregon State. And as we know, Oregon State – um, made it to the Elite Eight, um, and they actually just lost today to Houston. So really, really 
tough there. But in my opinion, dude, the next round, round of 32, like this was my absolute bracket buster. Um, it was number one, Illinois, losing to Loyola, Chicago, number eight seed. I mean, I had Illinois winning the whole entire thing because I just loved how they played defense. But, man, they got freaking beat, dude. I was so pissed. Yeah, I had them uh I think I had them in the championship game losing to Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Um so I was just I was super bummed that they got knocked out that early. All those lost points. Uh yeah, I know. I think uh I in my final four I had I had Texas, Gonzaga, and I had Illinois and I think I had oh shoot, who was it? can't remember who it was uh it's probably ohio state to be honest if i if i'm remembering the bracket like where it is where they are in the bracket but um obviously texas lost obviously oklahoma or um ohio state lost and as of right now like gonzaga is the only team dude in my bracket that's still alive so oh i'm like super super crazy but um one question i have for you i mean just looking at all this you know, all these upsets, you know, and it's something that you actually mentioned earlier, you know, there's a trend that these mid majors are beating these big state, you know, blue blood schools, you know, do you think this many upsets will happen in future tournaments? Like, you know, this about, or is this just because of COVID like a COVID related season? Uh, I think it's a mixture of both, but I definitely think it's probably a, more of a COVID thing. Um, but, you know, we'll have to see. Um, I will say I am kind of mad at myself because it made so much it made so much sense to me that, like, that might possibly be the reason. And I totally, like, didn't do, like, almost any big upsets when I initially did my first draft of my bracket. Mm-hmm. And then, like, right before, like, it was a couple hours before they were all locking up. I was like, wait a minute. Like, I don't really have any upsets. I should like flop some of these. So like I went through and I just like picked a couple upsets just because I was like, I didn't really have any. I knew that just they're going to happen. And I didn't really have any. So, um, and that obviously was not enough because there was way more upsets than I've ever had yeah. before. Um, so yeah, like I, uh, it, it makes to me, it, it because I believe that it's COVID related, I'm kind of regret not just doing crazy upsets the entire bracket, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, like it's it's been entertaining. I do think though, like once um, the NBA changes their one done rule, and kids can go straight from high school to to the NBA, once that kind of like rebalances out, I do think that um, we're gonna have a little bit more parity and like since the top recruits are gonna go probably straight to the NBA. Um, now you're going to have more of an average skill set across all the universities. Mm-hmm. And so like Kentucky Duke, you know, they're not going to get like, they might still have the ton number one recruiting class, but like the difference between that number one recruit versus number 20 is going to be a lot less because that number one recruit that actually went to college is not going to be the number one overall recruit because that person went to the NBA. So um, the skill level should, even though ranking like pre like pre-college rankings or high school rankings aren't perfect and definitely don't project out to, long-term NBA career skill level um they're 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 what we have and so I think yeah going forward we might have a lot more upsets or more 
um, uncertainty going into tournament NCAA tournaments just because the talent pool potentially will be more balanced. Oh, no, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that, to be honest. Um, you know, I was, I was going through, like, the history, you know, um, and looking at, like, the amount of upsets. Uh, obviously, 16 seed being a number one seed, that's only happened once since 1985, you know. Obviously, you know, the loss that Virginia a couple years ago had to UMBC, I think it was. Yeah. Um, that was history. Yeah, that was the first time happening. And there's a because of that win, there's a zero point sixty nine percent chance of that ever like the sixteen seed ever, you know, being a number one seed. Um, I looked up the fifteen seed versus a number two seed. There's a six point two five percent chance that the fifteen seed wins. That's only happened nine times. Um, fourteen versus number three seed. There's a fifteen point two eight percent chance of winning. Only 22 have, have ever happened. Um, going to the 13 seed versus number four seed, there's a 21.54% chance. Obviously, as we get you know lower down on the the higher seeds, then you know the percentage goes up because it it's happened. You know, just based off of you know the selection committee and trying to make it even slash, you know, trying to get these seedings right but and the lastly you know the 12 versus 5 seed there's a 35.42 percent chance so about 51 times that that's actually happened so um as i look at the numbers you know there are going to be upsets but in my opinion i i just don't think that we're gonna see this many upsets in a in a in the upcoming tournaments obviously i mean that's ruling out the outlier of hey like anything can happen in sports, you know, like it could happen. So just throwing the numbers out there, I think there's a very low probability that it will happen again, but I do like what you brought up about, you know, the, the NBA one and done rule. Like when, you know, whenever that changes that, you know, in the next, let's say that happens, you know, next year, I think about five years, you know, after that rule change, we're going to see, Kind of what you're saying, how the level, you know, the playing field's kind of going to level out, and you're going to see a lot of stuff like that. So, I think that is a very interesting point that you brought up. So, and I, and I was thinking about it as uh, I finished talking about that. That actually, it might go kind of back to the way, like, it might not guarantee parity in the sense that I talked about. In that, like, the power. It, it, I'm stuttering. Sorry. I think coaching quality will play a part because if everybody's roughly the same and there's still top recruits like coaches that can develop talent mm-hmm. talent will step more likely talent will stay two three or four years in college yeah and so you'll have programs like villanova that won a couple of years ago back to back or every or every other year they did those two years mm-hmm. um you know they're gonna have a crew that's gonna develop so like duke when they had like four-year seniors kentucky like now you're gonna have the, the top coaches who know how to develop, they're going to be able to. So there might not be much. There might not be many upsets because then the top coaches will go to the top programs. So like if you know mm-hmm. a small school finds a great coach, they might not stay there long because they're just going to go to the next big program. So yeah, it's interesting to see what happens. And I love basketball, so uh, I'm excited for it, no matter how it's shown given to me. Yeah, dude. Um, you know, just kind of thinking about that. You know, looking back at like tournaments past, like what are what are some of the moments that you remember the most, 
you know, when, when thinking about Mark Spanis, you know, in the tournament? Uh, recently, the mo- my most memorable, not most memorable, the most recent memory that I thought was crazy was uh, the UNC Villanova Ooh. one where I forgot, I already forgot the players' names, but the guy that hit the UNC player that hit that double clutch crazy three pointer mm-hmm. and then with seconds left on the clock and then uh, Villanova just driving down and then doing that just like cute little handoff behind the oh, three point line. Dude, the dagger, and, man. And then hitting the game winner. Um, that was amazing. I loved that. So I loved that was just the craziness of the, the double clutch three that went in. Oh, man. Because uh, that was a fantastic shot. Crazy shot. March Madness to the to a T. And then the crazy finish right after that because people were so panicked and celebrating and in shock and all of that. One, three. It, and then it's just like a pop, 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 scoop, game winner. So that was really cool. Um, I also obviously loved the, uh, for those listeners out there that know that Jason and I love Duke, the Wisconsin Duke championship was a lot of fun. Um, the Zion Williamson year, we should have won, but so that was disappointing that we didn't win that year. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was, those were some fun years. Um, and then outside of that, let me, let, let, let me ask you this. What about, what about Gordon Hayward's almost like half court shot miracle against Duke in 2011? Dude, I wasn't, uh, dude, I wasn't home for that. Oh, you were on your mission, huh? And it wasn't 2011; it was 20. Oh, sorry, 20. Well, yeah, 2010, 2010, 2011 season. But yeah, gosh, man, that dude. I remember watching that dude. That was freaking nuts. Like, you know, we were up, and uh, all of a sudden, Gordon Hayward just throws up a prayer, and like. It was it was like it sort of the, contested, of the rim. and it, it it banked. It hit the hit the backboard, hit the side of the rim, and then bounced out. And I was like, all like you could hear all the announcers. Everyone was like, "Oh!" And then like because <laughs> it was it was close, dude. I even think they they, yeah. they like did a little like Sports Center like documentary segment on it, dude. Like it was crazy. Oh yeah, because that would have been a that would have been that would have been epic if he had hit that shot. That would have been huge. Um. And then as I look back, going back to 2009, the year before that, Eric Maynard for VCU hit the game winner against Duke. Like, I, I know I'm a Duke fan, but, like, being hometown VCU, like, and that was, like, that was a moment I, I don't think I'll ever forget, to be honest, because that was a sick shot, dude. Oh, dude, no, that was uh, that was before 2009 because I saw that. That was, like, 2007. It was, it was 2009 because I, I looked it up, I promise you. Did Eric Maynard hit multiple shots against Duke? Because I swear I saw the. I was there for the VCU beating Duke thing. I'll look it up right now. That's okay. Either way, because I thought I remember seeing that. But yeah, dude, that was that was. I loved watching Eric Maynard too. That was that was a good year. Um, another one is the Grayson Allen coming out party in 2015 <laughs> when he single-handedly oh, the championship game yeah. against Wisconsin. Yeah, dude, he, he dude, that was his coming out party, man. He freaking took over the game. He was the reason they won that game. Hustle points, um uh, going after, you know, diving after balls, um just very, being very scrappy, just driving it, you know, like there's no scouting report for Grayson Allen. Like if you're Wisconsin, you're like, who is this kid, you know? The, the whole year, it's yeah. Jaleel Okafor, Justice Winslow, and Tyus Jones. You know, 
you may get an occasional Emil Jefferson or even uh, Marshall Plumley, but you're not you're not game planning against those those two guys. You're game planning against Jalil Okafor mainly. He was the focal point. He was I think he was the player of the year. Like no, actually no, I take that back. Uh, Frank the Tank for Wisconsin was player of the year. Um, but uh, I mean, Grayson Allen was no one. He was nobody. Like no one knew who he was, but he just. Coach K recruited him because he knew what he could do. And I mean, he came out when he needed to. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, yeah. What were you going to say? Just so to set the, set the record straight, it is in 2007, Eric Maynard hit the shot hmm. over, John, over John Shire. That was weird. I could have sworn it said 2009, but it doesn't matter. Maybe that was when the video that, I, like, the specific video yes, I watched was says, uh, yeah, that's, that's yeah. what it is. That's what the was. video was uploaded to Okay, sorry, my bad. Thank you, fact. It's all good. Thank you for being a fact che- fact checker for me. So, <laughs> fact checker. <laughs> but uh, I, honestly, when I think of Bart's Madness, the one thing though that I love, and it doesn't matter, you know, which team it is, it's 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 those like Cinderella stories, and for me, like seeing VCU um, make it to the final four, like, and, and being a kid and like living that, like in like living that Cinderella story, like for me, that was like the all time, like number one moment that I don't think I'll ever forget just because they beat so many big name schools. And what's funny is they came in second, like runner up in the Atlantic or the CAA and like tournament, like, and they didn't even meet for the selection Sunday, like they were like, Oh, there's no way like we're going to make it. And they, they got an at large bid in the playing game. And all of a sudden, like they just freaking went to town, dude, they beat USC, Georgetown, Purdue, Florida state, and then even Kansas, number one, Kansas at the time with the Morris twins. I mean, like, Oh man, it's something I will never forget. And, I believe that was also the year that Justin Harper for University of Richmond, they actually went to the Sweet 16 as well. They actually lost to Kansas. Yeah, I remember that. That was that was a memory. As you started talking, it remember, triggered for me because I remember that year because Justin Harper was playing there. And we were like, oh, my gosh, if they beat Kansas, then they're going to play VCU yeah. <laughs> in the Elite Eight. And so that would have been so epic for, you know, the, the black and black and gold you know, oh, yeah. inner city, Richmond champion, like classic playing in the NCAA tournament. That would have been so huge. That was a fun year too. Oh man. Uh, and then I remember as a kid when George Mason made it to the final four, mm-hmm. that was, that was really cool. So yeah, it, there's tons of memories. That I think everybody, anybody that follows college basketball, like there's someone in their state that at some point in their life will go on a run and that's, what's magical about it. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, when we talk about the Final Four, you know, and these Cinderella stories, unfortunately, you know, like I said earlier, Oregon State had a chance, you know, to kind of be one of the last two teams to make it to the Final Four as a Cinderella story. Uh, but unfortunately, they lost um, this evening to Houston. Um, UCLA, on the other hand, I mean, they are a big name school, but they are a lower seed. So I think they're kind of the last chance for a somewhat Cinderella story, even though it's not like a mid-major. Um, but they play Michigan, I believe, tomorrow or Tuesday. Or, yeah, I think it's tomorrow. 
It's Tis Bundy. So, um, but yeah, let me ask you this. So we know Houston, they punched their ticket. They're in the final four. Um, you have the matchups of Baylor versus Arkansas, which is going on as we speak. Um, Josh, if you could actually maybe get a score update. Um, I'm going to 62-54. Who's winning? Baylor? Baylor's up. Ten minutes left. Okay. They both scored 16 points apiece in the second half, so they're just tied in the second half, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Then we have Gonzaga um, playing USC. I think that's actually going to be a pretty good game. And then we have UCLA obviously playing Michigan, which I just mentioned before. So, um, Josh, I know you have your bracket. You already have Gonzaga winning, obviously, and winning the whole thing. But, you know, looking at these matchups, realistically, who like what do you think um, the final four matchups are going to be? Um, well, if I was a betting man, I would say Houston's in the final four. And then <laughs> um, I don't know much about Baylor and Arkansas. I'm going to just say, because I have the score in front of me, that I'm going to say Baylor holds on. Yeah. Um, but honestly, Arkansas, like, they, they might sweep out. They were second in the SEC, so they're not, they're no scrubs. Mm-hmm. Um, I picked Gonzaga. They're the safe pick. They're not the sexy pick. Um, they're still very likely to win it all just based off of the depth of talent, the program. Mm-hmm. And if, if I'm going to continue with the, the tournament had all these upsets because of COVID, um, I probably should apply that logic and say that Gonzaga is going to win because of COVID because they have the most depth, the most um, experience. And I think that they're most ready out of all the top programs. I think they are the most ready to handle this situation and, I think they're going to be able to pull it out uh, with that. But I don't know. Dude, USC, they might beat them. Like, I'm almost going to bet, like, that USC goes and that UCLA is coming out of nowhere. And so I'm going to say – I almost want to think it's going to be USC and UCLA, two rivals in the Final Four, and that would be an epic matchup. Are they going to – are they to – who faces who? I don't have the bracket. Um, Let's see. I believe it would be – Houston versus I think it's going to be Houston versus um, the winner of Baylor and Arkansas. And I believe Gonzaga would, would face the winner of, well, Gonzaga or USC would face the winner of UCLA or Michigan. So, yeah, if, if UCLA and USC play, that would be like the equivalent of Richmond and UVCU playing. So like that, I almost kind of want to see that happen. That would be kind of cool. Um, yeah. So I actually, I, I actually going to go with Arkansas. I think they're going to pull out the dub tonight. The only reason I say that is because in previous tournament pass, I've always had Baylor pretty deep in the tournament and they've always lost first or second round. They always do. So I have have I now have an eternal distrust with Baylor University men's basketball program. I just can't trust it anymore. Um, they've, I mean, pro- they've only lost twice this week this year. Yeah, I mean to be honest, this is the best team they've had in a very long time. Like, and that's saying something. I mean, Baylor usually has a pretty good program, um, but I just I just can't trust them, dude. I'm sorry. I have some pretty deep. Uh, scars that 
have not healed. <laughs> so <laughs> I can't, I can't. Um, I, I'm going to have to pick Gonzaga over USC. I think uh, with the amount of European talent that they have and the amount of talent that they've been able over the last few years, like recruiting overseas, I think that they're ahead of the cusp when it comes to getting European talent um, that's developing overseas. And so I think, I think they're the most dominant team. I, you know, moving to UCLA or Michigan, if Michigan had their best player, I forgot his name. I'm sorry. But like, I actually had them losing, like being the first number one seed to lose in this tournament. Uh, Obviously they've, proved me wrong and proved a lot of critics wrong, but because they're still going strong, I think Jawan Howard is doing a really great job at his alma mater. And I mean, he's coached at the NBA level and I think he's using that not only in recruiting, but also, you know, building a legacy um, at big blue. So I think they have a really good squad. So I actually think Michigan's going to win. And then obviously Houston already won. So they're in the final four. So my picks are Arkansas, the Zags, Michigan, and Houston. So we'll have to see what happens. Well, may the best bracket win. I know. But, um, yeah, that's kind of like all we had, you know, planned for for this March Madness, this episode. So um, right now, I guess, real quick before we close – um, I know you have Gonzaga in your bracket. Do you still think they make the final, you know, the championship game? and Or do you think another team does? Or, you know, like as of right now, just looking at who's there, you know, the matchups, who's in the championship game and who wins? So in order for me to win my bracket pull at work, I need Gonzaga to pull it out. And I need Houston to lose, which they didn't lose tonight. Um, <laughs> um, but that aside, the safe side of me says Gonzaga still wins because they're undefeated and there's really no reason to vote against him at this point. Um, but I think for the sexy pick, I'm going to say UCLA wins the entire thing. Okay. Okay. Not based off of any logic, just literally just for fun. Okay. I think, uh, I think Michigan takes it. I think I think they're gonna pull the upset over. Uh, that would be that would be cool, over Gonzaga. So I'm not mad at that. And I think I think Jawan Howard, he's gonna he's gonna build a, like a powerhouse at Michigan. I mean, Michigan was already a little bit of a powerhouse before he got there, at least for a couple of years with the the Wagner brothers that are there. You know, Mo Wagner, who's obviously in the NBA, mm-hmm. and then his little brother, I believe, who's there right now. So. Um, we'll see what happens, but that's my pick. So, uh, but yeah, so thank you guys for listening. Um, if you guys could give us a like or follow, uh, we're on every major podcast streaming, you know, site. So Spotify, Apple music, um, anchor app, whatever you are, wherever you go to listen to podcasts, um, we're there. So please, please give us a like, please give us a follow and, and let us know if there's anything you'd like to hear. So.